What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison. It's good to be with you guys today. Sitting down with Mike. Uh, I was going to come up with a, a blues name, a blues musician artist name as my Mike, middle name. Mike Muddy Waters Moses. Mike Muddy Waters Moses. That's right. Got to have something to go along with our blues intro here in March. A hope in a house of blues. Great to be with you all. Um, Today's uh, subject is going to be about um, after emerging from two pandemic winters, this is a headline on NPR, it's time to reboot some habits. I'm going to give you some information about the state of behavioral habits uh, in our country. I'm going to, at the end, tell you how I actually, I'm not exaggerating, Harrison, this isn't a preacher made up story. Mm-hmm. A week ago, Monday, I was in Florida, and a, I saved a child from dying. I've never done that in my life. So I'll tell you how that happened toward the end of the podcast, and it'll fit in with what we're talking about. But first, That's we had our, our first Sunday, Hope in a House of Blues. We did. Uh, man, it was a blast. I mean, the whole thing was um, Tracy Grubbs, if you guys don't, don't know Tracy, uh, uh, we call her worship arts chick around here. She has a technical title, but she wrote her own job. That's title. right. Yes. We we go with that. We did not give that to her. She that that is her self proclaimed title, and uh, and and Tracy and her team uh, absolutely transformed our worship center from stained glass looking windows to these cool curtains and icons and uh, the stage back. To, it's just like. Uh, you you got to be here to see it. So if you are somehow a person that listens to this podcast and you uh, you have have not been swinging in here live and in person on Sundays, uh, a lot of things in life seem like there's always exceptions to the rule. But mm-hmm. a lot of things in our world, at least, my kids went to uh, school yesterday without a mask on their face for the first time. I volunteered this morning at Hopewell High School, and for the first time I could stand there as a dad on the hall, you know, just there to project calm and order uh, with them seeing my smiling face and me seeing theirs. It was a really different vibe for just for that, Harrison. Were your kids fired up about that? Was it ho-hum to them? Was it a non-event? Well, uh, one of them, my, my wild one, was like, yeah, this is great, and he had the best day ever. And my my more calm and measured one had made a pact with his three good friends that for a little while longer they were all still going to show up in mass just to be careful. And I, so, I would you know, say like, that hey, go for a it, quarter buddy. to a third of students and most faculty at Hopewell High School this morning were were masking. Yeah, and that's great. Um, I uh, you know I did I was excited to show my face. And see faces, so we're changing, and it boy, uh, it was a uh, a great crowd for our, our two services Sunday for mm-hmm. Hope in a House of Blues. Again, the pandemic numbers going down, the the cases are teeny tiny now in our county. Transmission rate is low, uh, and uh, people have made their choice about vaccination and boosting. Yep. So it was great. I, it was actually the first time I felt comfortable. Again, statistically and the numbers, I did not wear a mask into the worship center. I've been doing that even mm-hmm. when we went mask uh, recommended or optional. 
but I felt super comfortable with that. I, I didn't I actually didn't know I had it in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> just I did not it, yeah. make the decision until I walked into the back of yeah. the worship center and oh Harrison, the worship, the but uh, I think the star was the environment. Uh, uh, what our craftsmen and artists have have created kind of a what would you say the look in our worship center? Old school, um, turn of the century, yeah, it's uh, Main Street theater with neon lights out front. Kinda. I would, I would say so. And and what what else was? Man, it was so cool from top to bottom. The way that um, the way that the room looked and the way that our team helped to put the service together. I, I watched a lot of it back, and it was just, I mean, you know, we. I texted a couple of the guys. I took a couple of screenshots of, of them that were in our band and playing and even to Tad who came. And uh, I was just like these cool images of like uh, our, our friend Chuck playing the harmonica. And there's just a giant stained glass window behind him with the yes. light coming behind his yeah. head. I'm like, we just, it just looks yeah. so cool. It was just, it was yeah. a blast. And, and Tracy, it was really cool. Tracy said to our team on Sunday morning, um, and be good for you guys, the listeners of the podcast to hear as well. She said it was good hearing this in her words. She's like, we did transform this room. She's like, I want you guys to hear the heart behind it for me. The reason we do this is just to shake people out of the normal so that God can maybe start to do a new work in them. And I was like, that's very profound. Tracy. It's really well said. And yeah, <coughs> we've, <coughs> we sometimes do this in different ways and very, like this series, very open, obvious, and sometimes it's more subtle, but we uh, attempt to uh, set an environment for worship that is multi-sensory, in this case, immersive. God made all of our senses. It's not just our brain. You know, one of the mistakes at the Reformation and the Puritans, if you think of the, uh, if you go to Boston and you visit the colonial era churches that were Protestant, they are designed to look visually and artistically austere hmm. so that you're only thinking about God and and they would sing but they would make the music uh, sh- musicianship uh, intentionally singular and not necessarily anything beautiful about the music just to help people sing um, it's it's well known now at that point in the enlightenment in western civilization and in uh, Western Protestant theology, there was this hyper-emphasis that we are r- rational creatures first and foremost, and the rest of us is animalistic or something. Well, what we know uh, increasingly is our rationality is no more an important part of us than our emotion mm-hmm. or our our will, uh, our uh, all of our faculties. Um, all you have to do is read the front page of the news every day and know we are not primarily rational beings. That part of us is as fallen as anything else. Yeah. So it's wise to go back in one of the good things that uh, worship theorists will say the Roman Catholic Church did is portray biblical, particularly when people were illiterate, biblical stories, narratives on stained glass, just the beauty and the awe of incense Mm -hmm. of a darkened room and people uh, chanting in unison or whatever so we're really this series more than others we're attempting to be immersive in the worship experience unapologetically not going to the level of manipulation um uh, we try to watch for what that line is but really attempting to stimulate and open all of the 
senses to the activity of the Holy Spirit while the people of God are gathered. Which uh, a quote I've said 10 times on this podcast, but something that really has driven a lot of the philosophy of how I approach ministry is Tim Keller said, good ideas, uh, good art makes ideas plausible. Good art Mm, makes ideas plausible. So you see, uh, you see something portrayed well and beautifully and that there's something about that just resonates to you and, Mm. and, and makes sense. So, I mean, that's part of the fun for us of, uh, even having blues artists in is just being able to, to, uh, as Tracy said, break a little expectation artistically for what's going to happen when you walk into a church. Tad said it so funny the first service where he said, yeah, well, this is my drummer Chuck. And, uh, man, we've been playing a lot for 25 years. Not a lot of churches, though. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. that was great, man. Let, let's let's uh, wind up talking about House of Blues with that, Harrison. It's interesting. You you. You led the way on selecting our artists this year. You you interacted with, you engaged with them. And um, we don't require that our, our, we don't, it's actually not first and foremost that we look for artists who are openly professing, professing Christians. We want that. And, so, and we know that um, in, in our case for this series, um, there's there's some variation of faith orientation. Mm-hmm. Yep. D- just tell us behind the scenes your interaction with this week's artist Tad. Yeah. He definitely is not a church guy. No, he's not. He's not a church and guy. So we didn't try. And we just tried to let that be. Hey, we introduced the biblical lamentation. And everyone yep. lamented, and then let's just sing classic blues over us in this this tradition of lament with someone who is good at the art. Exactly. And then and this is my job to get us into the scripture. Yeah, and he let the art speak really well and we had a great time hanging with him and uh Chuck the drummer that he brought on Sunday and they're both great guys and and a funny behind the scenes story that I've only shared with a few people but I'll share with all you guys now. I haven't told this to Mike either so he's hearing it now for the first time. Uh between the two services I caught up with Tad and Chuck and was like, "Hey, for you know, we rehearsed kind of the first, we did two songs with them and he was going to do one more. And we're like, between services, I was, I was like, do you, do you want the whole band to just stay out there and play with you on that third one? He's like, yeah, you know, that probably, that would probably be cool. And I'm like, all right, are you going to do the same song that you did the first time? And he goes, this is just the, how he's wired and how he plays. But he, he looks at me, he's like, well, um, no, I didn't like that one so much. We'll just figure it out when we get out there. <laughs> it might be something in the key of F. And I'm like, all right, band, I don't know what the song's going to be. I, did hear I don't him know say how it's going to sound. And so, right before he, we play it, he turns around. He's like, hey, guys, this is going to be key of F. We're like, all right. So, that song that we played, if you're there for the second service, the, the third whole, song, our, the third song, our full band played with him. And uh, none of us had, had ever for a <laughs> moment heard the song that we play live on the stage so props to our musicians which oh my gosh which you is, all handle it so <laughs> it's well very fun is that because it what was it a classic blues uh it was what just do you a, call that it, yeah Rhythm? yeah the, it was a, it was a uh kind of just based off of a uh the classic kind of blues progression they call it a 12 bar blues so if you played okay. that kind of thing you can get a sense of where it's going but it was it's always fun to uh to keep on your toes, and I, I just thought, our, our, you guys, our listeners, will get a kick out of if you listen back to that. It's on YouTube, and play it again, and see some of the looks on our faces. We're looking at each other, like, "All right, I think we know where we're going. Let's figure it out." And we were living in the moment. It was a lot of fun. So, 
Um, this week, our artist um, Nikki Morgan, mm-hmm. yeah, Nikki Morgan, is, is younger and someone uh, who has regional uh, chops, not mm-hmm. unlike Tad, but I think is is on the incline. Yes, uh, and it remains to be seen how far she will go. And so this is she sees this as a great opportunity for her. These are. For our first two artists, these are very large audiences mm-hmm. um, that they're in front of, and they're very grateful for that. For our next two, they're Grammy winners, Dove winners. They've they've done uh, uh, they've done big, really big shows. For context, when I first spoke to Cindy Morgan, who's coming week three, uh, not related in any way to Nikki Morgan, they just share a last name coincidentally. Uh, but she wasn't even trying to name drop. This is just a day in Cindy Morgan's life. But I call her on the phone. We're talking, da da da. Have you been good? She's like, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, just kind of getting up slow this morning. Just did a gig last night at the Grand Old Opry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's cool. That's a cool thing to just be able to say. And what's neat is these last two artists, Cindy Morgan and Mike Ferris. Um, they can command larger audiences and paychecks, mm. but that's they believe right. in this idea. Harrison, you, you, I think you really uh, cast the vision well to Cindy, and she's like, "Well, yeah, I, I would love to be part of a church experimenting with blues worship because it's such an important part of her music in mm-hmm. these last years." And so, uh, kudos to you. She's coming here. Um, she didn't even ask remuneration. She's like, "I, I just, I want to be part of that." So, yep, yep. that would be fun to do that together. Well, let's um, let's turn the page. <coughs> And, uh, and address a headline, and then we want to apply this to our lives as Christians, kind of ask some questions of ourselves. I'm asking them of me, and I encourage you to ask them of you. And then I'll be very pointed at the end as I, um, Harrison, you haven't even, I, I just told you that I saved a life last I don't, week. I don't know the story yet. I'm anxious <laughs> to hear it. So the headline this week, um, I was driving somewhere listening to NPR, uh, the pandemic changed our daily habits. Um, early on, people drank more, moved less, and ate more, and many of these habits linger. Health experts say it's time to take stock of our daily habits. Uh, we've surpassed 6 million deaths worldwide from COVID. Um, the pandemic's far from over. There are entire countries that have almost no vaccination. Uh, it, it feels over for us. And in some ways, I think we are moving into the endemic stage in America because high vaccination rates and vaccination ability for all. And so the moral responsibility is taken by each person for themselves or their family. Um, uh, so um, it's, it's not over. But in many ways, this shutdown phase for us likely is, uh, unless we go back into some crazy variant mm-hmm. uh, lord please no yes. um and we're trying to resume life as normal just like your kids going to school just, today's their second day without mass well u.s health experts I, I i'm riffing here off of an extended presentation on npr that day um health experts are telling us it's time to take stock of our daily habits when it comes and here's the specific ones they're they're ringing a little bit of an alarm bell alcohol consumption daily exercise diet and preventative health Uh, we all know that we struggle with some bad habits in many of these areas but a lot of those habits are persisting Um, uh, uh, you know all kinds of changes happen during the shutdown some people set up 
home gyms, and you may know people who got super fit during the pandemic. They were the exception. Um, there's a, a, a clever study where researchers were able to track people's daily steps via uh, smartphones and an app. Uh, and they found initial declines of daily physical moving around of 30%. Wow. 30% higher inactivity. Uh, they had 100 million measurements from about a million people on that. So accurate data. Um, that doesn't sound too surprising. Um, the study author there is Dr. Jeff Thiessen. He's a cardiologist, and he's continuing to track people's steps. I don't know which apps these are. It's an example of how <laughs> apps are gathering information, yeah, right? whether we know it or not. Uh, and he confirmed that people are still today moving much less compared to before the pandemic. Um, uh, and the the supposition of the researcher is that people are just used to being less active. It's that simple. It's the power of habit. Um, the book of Proverbs talks often about the positive and negative powers of habit, that, that we achieve wisdom, and then the wise person goes and activates it in their life, and the fool says, yeah, I ought to do that, and doesn't. Um, and so this is really a wisdom thing for us. We're still uh, uh, moving less. Um, so they're not surprised, the researchers, social scientists, to find that these pandemic habits are persisting. Um, a researcher at uh, UPenn who wrote a book, How to Change, um, said she wished it surprised her that these pandemic habits persist, and we haven't just gone back to our old better normal, but it doesn't surprise her. We know that when a shock arises and it forces a change in our behavior for an extended period of time, there tend to be carryover effects because we're sticky in our behaviors. And this pandemic has certainly been a shock to our systems, and lots of the things we've gotten accustomed to over the last two years are sticking around. Um, uh, end of quote. Um, and that's not just for physical activity. Then they brought up alcohol and eating. Um, I don't know if you heard, you know, we all were aware, and there were funny memes about people rushing to stock their house with beer and liquor mm -hmm. during the uh, initial shutdown. Here's a number, Harrison. Um, Let's see if I can get this right. Um, uh, the pandemic drinking trend mirrors the trend with physical activity. The most abrupt change occurred early in lockdown. In fact, after the first week of stay-at-home orders in March of 2020, Nielsen tracked a 50% increase in national sales of alcohol. <laughs> Man. Um, uh, and that's with bars and restaurants closed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, you kind of get that. People yeah. weren't out drinking, so they're going to drink in, and that doesn't mean everybody was at home getting wasted. Um, uh, but research does point to more heavy drinking in the early months of the pandemic, drinking to cope, et cetera. And over the last year, Nielsen, again, this is a, 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 a data, uh, over the last year, alcohol sales have declined some from that initial spike, but they have not returned to pre-pandemic levels, suggesting many people are still in the habit of drinking a lot more at home than they used to before. Mm -hmm. And it, it's become a habit which is hard to break. Um, uh, and that's obviously not good for our health. Um, that also 
uh, shows up. It, it, it's correlated. Uh, a study published in a medical journal found a steady rise in blood pressure among 500,000 people across 50 states beginning March of 2020. Um, a cardiologist at Massachusetts General Hospital who authored that study says blood pressure went up on average by over two points, over two millimeters of mercury. I don't know what that means. That's sounds, a small sounds impressive. Yeah, man. it's a small absolute change in a given individual, but a po- at a population level, translates into quite a bit of excess risk. Mm-hmm. And so the worry is if these habits don't change back. Here, here, this is relevant to where I'm want to talk about our spiritual habits. This is what this doctor said. It, it, if, if these new worse habits persist, it will translate into higher rates of heart attacks, strokes, and other complications across the population in years to come. So that's just a fact. Um, and all these factors sort of go together, including weight gain and anxiety. They kind of build on one another, particularly alcohol consumption and blood pressure, weight gain and blood pressure, less activity and blood pressure. So uh, in this article, they asked, well, how do people shed or start shedding bad habits? Uh, and for starters, they say, don't beat yourself up. Um, uh, embrace spring with more daylight, warmer weather, yeah. um, that it's a perfect time for a fresh start. And now back to this, uh, just a couple more sentences here, and we'll apply it to ourselves. The, the researcher at UPenn who wrote the book on how to change says, my research on the fresh start effect has actually shown that there are moments in our lives that feel like new beginnings, and they include the start of spring. And if we give them a little nudge, we can see really positive results. Hmm. So let's think about that with our listeners about our spiritual growth habits. We talked, uh, we talked in our February sermons about the four really cornerstones of discipleship or spiritual growth, one of them being discover or worship in person, one of them being belonging in Christ-centered, committed Christian community that studies the Word together, cares for each other personally. Three is serving or sharing uh, the body of Christ in some way, being on some kind of a ministry team, and fourth is going on mission. And, and we encouraged everyone to think about where habits may have waned of necessity of those, in particular mm-hmm. the habit of worshiping in person. It was necessary, and it will be for some time for a handful of people to not worship in person. But for most, it's now a residual habit from the pandemic of not worshiping in person. Which we're kind of seeing as, I mean, it's funny in our little circle, that that's kind of a microcosm of all of this stuff is like, mm-hmm. we've really seen as for most people, I mean, uh, we just saw 70 something thousand people attend Charlotte's first ever major league oh, soccer I was game, there. It which was on sounded like it was amazing. So people are, people are back out into the world more than they were two years ago, but we're seeing here at, at Lake Forest is no exception and church across America is right. no exception. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not unique is that the, the habit of not making that the weekly Sunday to Sunday to Sunday rhythm, uh, has been harder for people to just pull themselves out of yeah. than maybe we would have thought we would have thought, well, the, the roadblocks are gone. 
everything should go back to normal. But we're seeing that here just as mm-hmm. as much as in these other areas that uh, that that article is exploring that. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a given, I guess, is the point to the point of not beating yourself up. It's not like once the conditions feel more back to where they were that everything else should just snap back in a and second. And what would be normal is when we have to be out of town, when we're sick. Well, now we actually have a better option than normal to keep up with our church with excellent online worship. But the normal, the biblical norm, the book of Hebrews says don't give up meeting together. And the clear understanding is in person. And Jesus and his disciples went to weekly worship, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right? I don't need to belabor that. Um, and uh, so Sunday I just sort of came up with a little shtick about this that I think I'll probably repeat weekly. Harrison, you can tell me if it's obnoxious or not, <laughs> if I should come up with something else. But it was it was really, hey, I'm encouraging you as your pastor. Use the entire month of March, and, and we might now say through Easter, to say th- all these Sundays— when I'm in town, I will not be making the. I will not be waking up on Sunday and be like, "Oh, wonder if I'm gonna go or not, man." I sure my my toes are cozy in my little fuzzy slippers. Um, nah, we'll we'll do fuzzy slipper home worship today. To make the decision ahead of time, what is healthiest for my spiritual growth and for my church. Um, and I so I said that Sunday in both services. You would not believe. <laughs> People gave me a lot of appreciation for some of the the theology of the sermon. I, I really love that sermon. Pastor Aaron at Westlake and I wrote it together. He really took the lead, hmm. uh, so I won't take credit for much of the best ideas. But but so many people messages and whatever. Okay, we're the fuzzy slipper people. Um, and one of my community group friends texted me and said it was so good to be back it was i don't know if it was their first or their first of a few times back in person another community group member texted and said okay march we are back we we went out of town to visit our son this weekend but we'll be here for the rest of the month oh except for the last sunday of the month when they're traveling somewhere so that'll be two that that would be a win yeah for this family they have not been back in person and they're very comfortable we've been out to um to restaurants with them with this couple so they're it's not that they're freaked out um, it, it's just a habit yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have had somebody said to one of our staff members, Hey, we've heard Mike and others saying, Hey, it's time to come back and worship. Is the church okay? Are, are, are we like begging people because we're crashing and burning? And the answer is the opposite. As attendance has been a little bit less in person, our giving has gone through the roof. People are so faithful to their church. Uh, and prioritize it in the giving way. So, no, we have no... Um, in fact, it's easier for us yeah. if it's not slammed full. Um, it was it was very full Sunday. There's still room, though. Um, and this past Sunday, it seemed like a higher percent of new people were back for the first time, uh, many of whom at our welcome booth, our new welcome center outside, said, we've been worshiping online since the pandemic it's our and this is our first time ever worshiping in person with what is our church so that was pretty sweet um i did uh yesterday afternoon uh i ended up over at burkdale and um this guy hey pastor mike and he's like you you won't remember me my name's so-and-so we we started worshiping in person a little bit before the pandemic and then me and my whole family and kids, we worshiped online faithfully. We just love church. Thanks for what you do. And I said, awesome. He said, we just haven't been back yet in person. I said, well, 
okay, uh, is there a safety issue with your kids maybe? And he said, no, <laughs> it's just so convenient. And I, I just said, oh, you know, I just smile on my face. Um, uh, well, gosh, I'd love it if you guys came a couple of weeks in March. There's no way you can sense the worship environment that we've created for this series. So that's just where people are. Um, but I'm going to – so when you hear me uh, – so our our podcast listeners are net-net uh, more than your average bear leaders and influencers at Lake Forest. And so this is the spirit that I encourage you to influence your own family, your friends, and particularly community where you lead or participate at Lake Forest. Yeah. Not, I, I, not a shaming in any way. I've, I've found um, there have been a good handful of people over the past – especially six months, year or so that um, are just people that I remember seeing around before that I haven't seen lately where it's just as simple as, you know, uh, f- for me as some of the people that had, have served on our team and they're connected because they're connected through that, they have a network of people here in our band that mm-hmm. know them, love them, miss them, care about them. So it's really easy for me to say like, hey, man, we miss seeing you around. You got to come play sometime. And once they've started coming back to me like, Oh man, I've missed this. So again, if you're listening to Mike's point, not that, uh, not that we're in any kind of dire situation or anything. We just, we just miss seeing a lot of our friends around and we know the, the responses that we've heard from people that have kind of finally made their way back. It's just kind of like, Oh man, I've been missing this. I didn't realize it. And most pointedly to the point of this article and the story I'm about to tell you the real event from last week. Um, in the same way, this cardiologist said, if if folks, um, if we continue our poor habits of health, that these these habitual this grooved habitual behavior from the pain, if we continue it, it the outcomes will be poor for all of our health, mental health, physical health. Uh, our health will be at greater risk, and. Our spiritual health as followers of Jesus is at greater risk when we fall out of the habitual practices of worship with our tribe, belonging in community. If there's one thing that I as your pastor could just just go, okay, just start with one thing, and that's be sure you're anchored in regular Christian community, studying God's Word, caring for one another, and you know who those people are. Serving going on mission. I'm excited about our mission trips, getting back out of the ground. Um, because it's dangerous. So uh, this isn't for the sake of the church. This is for each of your sake and my own. It's dangerous for spiritual health. Uh, that's why the book of Hebrews says, please don't forsake meeting together, but instead gather together to encourage one another. In other words, not only do we receive encouragement and growth spiritually when we gather, but it's our responsibility to be there because it encourages others. And that's um, in the book of Hebrews. Okay, so I did a wedding. I officiated a wedding in Jacksonville Beach, Florida, uh, two Saturdays ago. Hadn't been to that beach before. We were at this beautiful beachside resort. It's, a, it's good, some good friends of ours here at Lake Forest and their adult son who is making it on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's a professional golfer. Mm. So there were some pro golfers there. That was sort of interesting, cool. cool. Yeah. A bunch of young pro golfers trying to make it and one on the PGA Tour. Beautiful wedding, outdoor. You could see the sand dunes, and it was a nice day for the wedding Saturday afternoon. 
So we enjoyed all that Friday and Saturday. And then Angie and I went and spent a little extra time at St. Augustine Beach. I just took a couple of days off. We chilled out, took walks on the beach. We had one beautiful day where we sat on the beach and I sat by the pool. And then one kind of rainy day where we did the history tour of St. Augustine. And we ate out a lot. It was outstanding. So the one afternoon, um, Angie did something else, and I went to the pool in this little complex, and I just took a book that I'm reading by On the Christian Life by our partner Egyptian pastor, Pastor Sema Maurice in Cairo. Really good book. So I'm sitting there by the pool acting like it's summer. Uh, I had on my bathing suit. Uh, oh, actually, I, was sit- I actually I stood in the—it was a heated pool. I stood in the shallow end, sat on the steps, reading my book, trying to keep it dry. Yep. While, you know, people swimming around. this So most of the people, it's a late afternoon. Most of the people have left the pool. It was maybe 4 or 4.30. Uh, most people have left the pool, and uh, this family comes in, pouring in. It's probably six, eight. It might be two fam- I don't know. It's a bunch of people, adults and kids. And they all go running to the deep end side of the pool, set up all their stuff on their chairs, and jump in. Except I noticed they're a little toddler. I, I can't gauge how old children are these days. Um, might have been two years old. Might have been 13. I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, this was a two or three-year-old. Uh, toddles up to – I'm sitting on the shallow end steps in the water. Toddles up and, uh, and, and gets down and stands on the top step, which only comes up to its calves, you know, and just happy. Can't, can't really talk. And I'm looking and going, okay, in my peripheral vision, I see some adults over here. This this must be a family member because there's no one right here on the deck. Yeah. So I was a little bit aware while I'm reading my chapter. Well, this kid gets this big grin on his face. I, don't, I can't, I, I actually don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Leaps into the shallow end of the pool. And I'm like, wow, that kid must be a swimmer is what I'm thinking. Um, and I look back on my book for a second, and I look back, and the child is at the bottom, just sank like a stone. Mm. The very bottom, limbs flailing. Again, I don't want to be the weird guy grabbing somebody's kid. They're like, I don't want to be the next headline out of Florida. Yeah. Okay, pastor, you know, blah, blah. Um, so I'm, I'm watching this. I'm now very alert, and I see no adult has their eye on this, this child. Um, um, this is actually happening. This child is right here. So I throw my book over on the deck and I, it's a little ways over to where the child is. And I dip down, grab the child up in my arm and, and come up and the child is splurting, coughing out water, gasping Mm. for breath. At this point, the family still has not seen this. Wow. So there was a, a, an elderly woman soaking in the pool a ways away. She yells over to the family. And at that point, uh, I guess the father came over. They were so embarrassed that they really didn't thank me. I yeah. mean, they, they said a quick, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't really ask me exactly what happened. And they just retreated back to where all the family was down by the deep end, it was, which was fine. Mm-hmm. My heart was racing a million beats a minute. I'm like, that really just happened. I'm glad I decided to go to the pool and read wow. this book. I don't, I don't know if the child would have survived. Um, and, you know, afterward, I stayed there and read for just a little bit, but I, was, I couldn't read. Yeah. 
acted like I was reading. And I observed the family, and they were a normal family, Harrison, that uh, normal patterns. There's nothing, I, there, I was not looking over there and particularly, I wasn't in any way led to judge them. I was just like, what's the deal? Total, to look like my fam- young family, yours. Uh, no signs of, okay, these are really weird people. They're alienated from one another. Nothing like that. Um, and they were doting on the child, you know, really caring for him. Um, they just took their eye off of fundamental in a dangerous situation for a moment. And catastrophe hmm. almost happened. And I don't want to catastrophize Christians not showing back up for in-person worship. I, I, I hesitated to connect this story, but I haven't thought to tell anybody this story. Only Angie knows it. Yeah. <laughs> and one other couple we were with. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to tell Harrison <laughs> what happened. And might as well do it with my friends listening. But honestly, for Christians, again, hear me, I'm, I'm not trying to draw one-to-one ratio but christians taking the eye off of the fundamental of gathering with other believers for worship for community for worship community it's dangerous Hmm. it leads to spiritual unwariness emotional and relational unwariness um making us more open to unhealthy outcomes spiritually and that usually translates relationally and emotionally in our lives as well as our sense of purposefulness of that i'm actually participating in god's mission through uh serving you know in my church and going on mission outside of my church so i that's just my um poignant Mm. um gentle yet hopefully memorable friends um illustration of I, i suggest that you you talk to the Holy Spirit about where you've become a bit unwary of fundamentals of discipleship in your life. And like the Proverbs say, be the wise woman, man, and activate on that. And we're trying to make that easy, uh, at least for worship, because it's really so spirit-filled Sunday, and I expect the same this week. Hmm. I mean, I'm just coming out of the... My youngest now is five, so I don't have kids that small toddling anymore. But I can definitely tell you from experience that you know it only it only takes a, a just that quick of of taking your eye again off of the important thing. Uh, you know, there've been definitely a handful of times where we look at each other and be like, "Wait, who has Lily?" And then we know one of our parents or someone mm-hmm. if we're at the beach. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Your brain is all, you always have to be there. Otherwise you drift. And in that moment, that family had, didn't even realize they were, they were missing something important. That's, that's crazy. The book of James says the evil one is a roaring lion, actively seeking to destroy and devour. And so let us be people who are wary of that and are uh, keeping healthy spiritual practices in the way of Jesus so that we are. Uh, most useful for his purposes in our loved one's lives, our own life, and our vocation, uh, and to the hurting in this world. That's the Ask LFC podcast for this week. We will talk to you next week. See you guys. House of Blues. Come check it out. See ya.